Earlier this week, I found myself in a kind of a humorous predicament, so to speak. Uh, I know most of the time when I speak about what, you know, what has happened to me and how mindfulness practice has helped me to be able to cope more effectively, it is usually heavy subjects that are, you know, that are painful and that do cause internal reactions that don't feel good and that can present challenges to me being able to cope effectively. This was more along the lines of what I guess what I would refer to as one of those situations where I just was able to get caught up a little bit in my own humanness and what it's like to be human and and forget about the fact that I was human and and I forgot about cutting myself a break and cutting myself some slack but I had a, a situation come up where I had someone that I was wanting to interview on one of my podcasts and this is someone that I have a lot of respect for and as we communicated there were the you know there was there were some common shared interests that we both have in terms of some of the same music, uh, you know, some di- you know, just different things. And it was one of those things where I like it, and I've, and I've jokingly referred to people before about this, about how you meet people along the journey, and if you like some of the same things or even a lot of the same things, there's this almost childlike excitement that I find that I can tap into without realizing it, and it just it really happens without me being aware of it. And what is so, what is so interesting to me is that any of the words that I would use to describe or any way in which I could describe what exactly happened, I realize, and this is just not to analyze it, but I, I find that this is coming up intuitively and that there's a point being made that I don't even, that I didn't and don't even realize uh, that I was prepared to speak this morning. And that is in this particular instance, just about every word I could use for what I was going through would have some sort of derived meaning. Sometimes it would be overt. Sometimes it would be a little more buried in the meaning of the word. But anyway, any phrase or word or words that I used to describe the way that I was uh, actually really are just a way of me of, of engaging in some sort of negative self-talk. What I would say, if someone said, okay, what happened? What I would basically say, if I was not thinking, if I was not aware of what, of what I was going to say, I would say that I made a complete fool out of myself. I was over the top. I was too much. I overshared. And, you know, any of the things, and there again, it may just be, there may be ways to explain this or to convey it or share it, that don't have that sort of loaded meaning that I did something wrong or that I somehow acted in a way that was, uh, yeah, that I, that I somehow acted in a way that was inappropriate or, yeah, it's, it's almost as if I'm at a loss for words because I don't know really how to, to convey this. But I realize that the language of, 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 of engaging in what I refer to as negative self-talk limiting behavior, self-defeating behavior. I never realized before, but it's so much of it is around the language that I can use potentially to convey this. And when I was in the moment and the way this happened was that we, you know, had some discussion back and forth via email. And at some point I just kind of lost control. And so I got overly exuberant, overly eager. Uh, I just, really just, you know, got into this place where I was mindlessly sharing my excitement through probably sharing too much. 
I don't, I don't know how else to put it. I really don't. And what I know now is that the one way that I can say it is that without judging myself and without thinking of myself in some sort of negative way is that I was just human. And even if I did, even if it could be said rationally, or in this case, empirically, if it could be proven that I was actually over the top and that I was too much and it was sharing way too much, that I realize now that even if it is, and I'm not saying whether it was or not, that somehow I can get so wrapped up in my beliefs about who I am and what I'm doing. If I if I felt like I was a fool in those moments, if I was if I felt like I was making a fool out of myself, or more important, more accurately, I was thinking thoughts of being a fool. I was thinking about making it. You know, I was thinking thoughts and telling myself that I had made a fool out of myself. There was almost like there was this contraction. If I really go back, and there again, I don't want to get stuck on replaying this over and over. That is what happened. And I found that it's almost as if when I go back, and this is really just for the purposes of sharing, you know, slowing down the tape, so to speak, and really looking at what happened. What I remember very vividly is that I just was excited and I just, I was feeling a lot of joy and these common interests. And this happens fairly frequently. I meet people along the way that there are some common shared interests or some mutual interests. And, you know, it's fun to be human. And at least, at least from my perspective, it's fun to be human and, and have some joy and have some happiness and, and feel that with other people and have some shared interests to speak about. I know that it ultimately is not the basis, you know, I can't just live on that as fuel. And I certainly don't want to be going around looking for people to just, you know, for the purposes of doing that with. Uh, as I know that it's not, you know, connecting it with people, at least for me, is about so much more than that. But it is a treat when it happens. And in this case, I just, without even being aware of it, uh, and I guess there's really, you know, I can look at this one of two ways. Yes, I, you know, mindfulness practice does allow me to be more aware of, of what I'm doing, what I'm thinking, uh, how I, if or how I am identifying as someone doing something, holding on to any beliefs, having any expectations of any kind or any agenda of any kind. But there are some of those times when that's, I, I'm finding that that's the point of all this is that ultimately as a human being, I'm going to get carried away both with uh, reactions to things that I am feeling. And it could be either contracting against those things or resisting them or it could be moving so fully into what I'm feeling that I get carried away that way. It's almost like there's two different directions. And what I'm really and what I'm realizing is that is what most of my human experience feels like. I'm either going in one direction or the other. And I know I'm capable and all of us are capable of actually just being with whatever we're feeling and not going towards it more or running away from it but just being there with it, just, you know, not necessarily moving in any direction, but just staying in it or staying with it. And that's what I'm realizing in this particular case is what is so healing is one moment I'm completely carried away in a very, you know, in a very joyful way. And yes, I may have actually shared too much. Uh, I guess it's beauty's in the eye of the beholder. I, I never will really know for sure 
whether the person that I was communicating with felt overwhelmed or was exhausted by all that I was sharing, I'll never know that. I mean, I, I did get what I felt like was a subtle signal that that may have been the case. And what I realized was at some point I became aware of it. There was at some point my awareness came online and after, you know, being very, very carried away emotionally and feeling this huge surge of joy and enthusiasm, I guess would be another word for whatever it was that I was sharing. And I realized that I was in the middle of just, I caught myself basically in the act of, that's one of my mindfulness teachers many years ago said that that's really why we practice mindfulness is that we, we practice to catch ourselves in the act of whatever it is. It could be a number of different things. And by saying that it's, there's no judgment. We're not catching ourselves in the act of doing anything wrong or bad, uh, necessarily. It's just that we catch ourselves in the act of being human. And that is ultimately what I have found is that this practice has enabled me to be able to, if it's enabled me to do anything, it has been that it's allowed me to have some awareness that at some point comes online and I realize, okay, this is, this is what is happening. I'm thinking these particular thoughts and I'm reacting this way. And it's not to immediately stop it because there's no way for me to stop it. The feelings have a life of their own. The thoughts have a life of their own. And I, I, I don't even want to be judging the thoughts. That's the thing sometimes that I think surprises people uh, who begin to practice mindfulness is that we're not paying attention to the thoughts to judge them and to file them in certain categories. We're just being present with whatever it is that we're thinking and noting it and, and being aware of it. And once I'm aware of it, I can no longer be carried away by it. In other words, if I am busy believing or thinking anything, then I can, I can at that point realize that I do have a choice that I don't have to believe it just because I'm thinking it. I don't have to identify as whatever it is that I'm thinking that who I am just because I'm thinking that, that I do have, and we all have it. Any of us who practice this have this freedom. So it's, it's, it was amazing to go to do a complete 180 and it was very sudden suddenly I become aware and kind of, you know, wake up in the middle of this just huge surge of energy and this huge, uh, uh, finding myself in this place where I am literally just, you know, I'm carried away to the point that it's coming out in the communication that I'm having with this person. And at some point I realized that, you know, I may be actually doing this. And what was beautiful about it was, is that I was able to be aware of the fact that I may have very well been a little bit over the top. It may have been a little too much, but that's okay because I'm human. But it really, it it wasn't as easy as that because what I found was, is that I became aware of it and then I immediately moved from there into a place. I wish I could, I wish I could say here that I immediately became aware of it and then had the, that sort of aha moment. Well, there, okay, here, you know, here I am. This is me being, you know, uh, you know, really exuberant and really eager and uh, putting a lot of energy into my communication. And, uh, you know, it might be, it might be, it might be good to just check and, and check myself and maybe just, you know, make sure that I'm not just completely carried away, but it really didn't, it didn't go that way. The way that it went was that I immediately became aware of it and I was immediately embarrassed. 
I was immediately feeling shame. And it's amazing to me how quickly it happened. And I know that the one thing I can be thankful for is that as soon as I moved from excitement and eagerness to embarrassment and shame and self-deprecation, self-judgment, and then that's when all the words started flowing. You know, I, I, I can't believe I just made a complete fool out of myself. I can't believe I'm so embarrassed. How could I have done this? I'm never going to do this again. I'm going to make sure that whatever I do, I'm going to be really careful when I communicate with people. And I'm going to really be on the lookout and make sure if I ever get excited that I'm going to, you know, rein it in and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to keep it, I'm going to keep it in check. And all these thoughts were, I, I feel like that these are thoughts of my own. So I feel like I can say this. They were ridiculous. They were pointless. There was no need for any of it. Uh, what I really wish that I could be doing in those moments. And I realize I can't always have what I want because then I I'm wrapped up in thoughts about this is what I want for myself. And I have these beliefs about how it should be. And then as, as you can see, suddenly I'm, I'm off to, uh, I'm off in another place and I'm not here now. I, now I have ideas about how it's supposed to be. And I gave up on that a long time ago. It, it generally does not. It generally is not how I think it's supposed to be. And that's just, that's just another head trip as well. So after becoming aware of the fact that I had moved, you know, immediately from this behavior of excitement and eagerness to one of, you know, completely uh, judging myself, beating myself up emotionally and feeling shame and embarrassment, I realized that at that point, the awareness came online and things got really clear really quickly. And even though it was very, very tempting for me, and there, and, and clearly there is a pattern there. I know that in the past I have been this way and I have found myself, you know, possibly putting people off, uh, in some cases, possibly overwhelming people. And, uh, at some point I had to ask myself, you know, am I going to be willing to heal this? Am I going to be willing to really finally accept the fact that this is, I'm an, I, I am this kind of person. I get, I'm either really all the way on or all the way off. There is not a lot of middle ground for me. And I don't want to get wrapped up in even in that being a belief about myself. This is just the way I naturally react, uh, out in the world in life. This is just, you know, my temperament. And I know that I, there's no need for me to explain that or justify it. But what I do want to do is I do want to pay attention to how my behavior is affecting others. Uh, I don't want to stifle certain things. I don't want to push things down. What I really want to do instead, and I tried to do that for a long time, and it really did not help. What I really want to do is just to be aware of, of what I am thinking, being aware of how I am reacting. And in this case, I was reacting with an incredible level of excitement, and I was you know, really finding myself swept away by it and swept up by it. And that's okay because at some point I had an option. I had a choice. I, you know, the awareness could, if I had chosen, could have led to me just realizing, okay, this is, there I go again, you know, I'm doing this, but instead it went elsewhere. And so that's just an indi indication to me that there is some healing for me to do. And, uh, it's not, it's not about being hard on myself. It's not about feeling like I am missing or lacking anything. And I certainly don't want to get caught up in thinking that there's anything wrong with me. It's just that I'm human and this is what happens. 
and it's really really it's really very healing and it's also something that it can change has changed my life to realize that I don't have to be afraid of how I'm going to be when I'm with people and when I meet new people and uh, when these kinds of things happen what I do want to be able to do is just to be able to have a way to cope with wherever I find myself and however I find myself. And if there are lessons for me to learn, if there's things that I need to be aware of, and a lot of cases, just the awareness of them is healing in itself. Now, it may not be enough. There may be, and I, when, I, when I say it may not be enough, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with me or that I need to brute force any change. What it, what it is, it's an indication to me that there may be something that I want to open myself up to. There may be a lesson to learn. There may be some sort of insight into what, how or why I react in certain ways in certain situations with certain people and to be able to get a little more insight. I don't want to turn it into a self-improvement project. Uh, I'm not trying to create a, a better, improved version of myself if I'm doing anything at all with mindfulness practice, I'm just wanting to be more aware of what I'm thinking and what my mind is doing and what my self-talk is like. And I find that it this practice makes it much easier to be around people. I don't have to be afraid to be around people and to be in what I used to refer to as uncomfortable situations because I the practice itself has empowered me to be able to more genuinely just be who I am and not put things in my way or try to limit, you know, and, and forbid myself from being naturally who I am. And sometimes who I naturally am and, and what arises is an incredible level of excitement and an incredible, incredible, incredible level of joy. And I don't have to be afraid to, because I know ultimately that's, and I've had people tell me before, that's who I am. That's my heart, so to speak. And, uh, I want to be open to that. And I know that if I try to be someone else, you know, people will, you know, it will be something that's subtle, but, you know, certain people will pick up on that. And it will get very, very difficult to be around people if I'm trying to orchestrate the way that I present myself. So I realize now it is fully safe to be human. It actually is fully safe for me, completely safe for me to go out into the world and be who I am. Uh, even if there are certain things sometimes that I need to be open to and be aware of. And just by being aware of them, that, that I don't have to get wrapped up or caught up in believing certain things that lead to certain behaviors. And I don't have to, and that whether, whether that's, you know, moving more fully into something or running away from it and completely contracting in the face of it, I can actually just really occupy that middle ground of being here. And this practice is what has enabled me to do that. And I will tell you that it was no small thing for me to be able to get back on my feet emotionally within just a couple of hours, where is, is before when I felt embarrassed or ashamed in any given particular situation, I might retreat uh, for days, weeks, months. And I did that for years, and I don't want to spend any more of my life doing that. So I know now that I need to be able to utilize a practice like this so that it, it allows me to be able to be comfortable to be out in the world around people where I can't control the outcome. I can't even control myself, let alone anything else. Uh, now, that's not an excuse for me to behave however I want. It's just a matter of, it's just a matter of fact that if I go out in the world and, and try to regulate uh, you know, who I am and what the, how that appears and how that presents itself, 
Uh, it's not really going, there's not going to be any genuine authenticity at all. There people won't really be dealing with me. They'll be dealing with a constricted version of me. And, uh, I, I don't think that anybody else, I can't speak on anyone's behalf, but I, I would imagine most people would not want that. Uh, nor would I want anyone to do that for me, uh, or, or even for themselves thinking that it would, they were protecting me by doing that for themselves. And so I'm very, very grateful to know that this practice enables me to be out in the world on my feet, coping with life however it is, however I am in any given moment and not needing to be worried about what's the next thing around the corner. And am I going to be able to behave in an, ex- in an acceptable way or in a way that uh, is heavily regulated because I'm not sure what is too much for people or what isn't too much. I realize there are certain societal uh, expectations of our behavior, and I'm not really speaking so much about that, but within the boundaries of that, within the bounds of that, you know, people present themselves in different ways. And I realize now that I can work within those bounds a lot more comfortably and just ultimately be myself. And that's really what it's all about for me.